Hey, what's up? Hello. Welcome to Sounds Fake But Okay, a podcast where an arrow ace girl, I'm Sarah, that's me. And a demi straight girl, that's me, Kayla. Uh, I'm an asexual artist, that's Bex. Talk about all things to do with love, relationships, sexuality, and pretty much anything else we just don't understand. On today's episode, how to be ace. Sounds fake, but okay. okay. Welcome back to the pod. I have one. Okay, go ahead. Jim in. (laughs) You're welcome. Awful. Anyway, let's brush past this as we always do when we have guests on the pod. Um, (laughs) Kayla, what are we talking about this week? This week we have, we're talking about another amazing ace piece of literature graphic novelature media um we are talking about the graphic novel how to be ace a graphic memoir about asexuality by rebecca burgess 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 okay rebecca burgess or bex (laughs) uh and we have bex on today to talk to us about it hello 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 thank you for having me Thank you for coming. We love having people on who have written and made things about aceness because there's so little of it. I know, there's nothing. There's barely, well, there's more now, but, yeah. you know, three years ago there was, like, nothing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, man. So for anyone who's listening who might not know about you or the graphic novel, do you want to do, like, a short introduction of yourself? I'm a comic artist, and I've done a graphic memoir, which is kind of like a autobiographical story about my experiences of being asexual, like my personal experiences. Um, and the the comic is mostly about that. I think that's a good, simple explanation. Straightforward. <laughs> Yeah. I, I I mean I read it and that is that is what I also got out of it. So <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Incredible. Um so I guess I mean just to start out, like why did you decide to to make this, you know, graphic novel or graphic memoir? Uh what what inspired you to I guess start with it? Uh, at the time, it was just because there wasn't anything around about asexuality. So it just, yeah, it was just something I wanted to do to explain to people what it's like. Because most people, when I was first making it, most people were quite dismissive. It's a little bit different now, like stuff is changing a little bit. But at the time, people were very confused or dismissive or just really didn't get it. So I thought, I'll make a comic about it, and then people will understand what it's like. Is there a reason that you, like, specifically decided to go the memoir route rather than, like, go for something that's more fiction? Like, is there something specific about your experience that you wanted to share? Uh, Yeah, nothing specific, but I wanted something that was kind of, like, more personal, because I thought more people would be able to relate to it. Which is why in the book I kind of go off on tangents on other stuff as well, because I think a lot of people assume that if you're ace, then you're kind of like maybe being over the top or like a really weird person. So I thought maybe if I kind of make it just like real life and include all this other stuff that's relatable to anyone, then maybe people kind of like understand that that it's like just anyone can be ace and it's like a down-to-earth thing and not like something really weird yeah and the you know ace people don't think a hundred percent of the time about how they're ace and like that's not the only part of their identity so it's good to kind of branch out (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah i think the graphic novel is uh, just like the medium of a graphic novel just makes it very digestible like 
unlike maybe like a full-on book. It's not as dense, like it's easier to read and understand. Um, and I it's also just think in this- Kayla's bashing books. <laughs> I hate books, you guys. <laughs> Contrary to what I've said in many other episodes, fuck books. Lie. <laughs> no, but like, I think having it be so visual as well, really, not that you can't fully get what you're talking about through just like the words that are written, but I think there's often like misconceptions about what asexual people look like as well. And so being able to see like your drawing of yourself and your drawing of your partner who's ace, like looking like very different people, I think like that makes it it kind of adds another layer to the story you're telling too like oh my god this is a human person wild (laughs) imagine imagine otherwise people would just like think we're like reptiles or something you know yeah i mean i might be a reptile but that's completely aside from me also being a spec like i am a lizard person but that's not because i'm demisexual like it's not it it's totally separate separate so You mentioned that when you first started writing this and creating this, that people were kind of dismissive, which I think, you know, there's always some people that are dismissive. I think years ago, it was even more common. Um, But did you have trouble kind of like having people take your work seriously at all or like trouble finding someone who wanted to publish it or anything like that because the topic isn't as well known? Uh, Not for me. I don't know. This is a weird one, because I did I mean, yeah, not to, like, make you shit-talk your publisher, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, no, well, my publisher was great about it, but when I originally did it, I originally did it for a competition, and I did feel a bit bitter that it didn't get shortlisted, but I can't say that it's because it was about asexuality. I think it's completely I think you could claim (laughs) that. that You You could claim that. I'll say say that to myself, but, you know, (laughs) it's not true. But the, the publisher I went with, they, they contacted me because they just wanted, they'd seen, I, I put it up as a webcomic after it didn't win the competition. And then the publisher contacted me to be like, oh, we, we want more stuff like this because they have a whole range of uh, stuff to do with other sexualities because they're a publisher that specializes in minority groups and things like that, which is really good. Uh, so they they just never had anything like that yet on their repertoire. So they contacted me rather than the other way around. Well, good That's for them. Good that they're yeah. seeking it out. I mean, sad mm-hmm. that you're the only A-spec representation they've had, but <laughs> good that they were seeking it out. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I guess getting more into the actual like graphic novel itself. So you mentioned it's obviously a memoir. It's about your personal experiences. And I was just curious, like, as I was reading it, is is it 100% based on, like, everything that happened to you? Or was there anything that you tweaked that wasn't, like, exactly accurate to your life that, like, worked better for, like, just the medium? Like, I don't know. I was just curious. No, it's all pretty accurate. The only thing that's not accurate is some stuff I changed the chronological order slightly. (laughs) Just, like fit in with the storytelling aspect but all the events are real in it yeah i can't quite remember what i chronologically changed but i definitely (laughs) changed some stuff also listen (laughs) human brains are fallible i don't remember the order of when i did things (laughs) does anyone know (laughs) yeah maybe it would happen the right way i'm just making that up (laughs) Did you ever feel like especially nervous because you were doing a memoir, kind of thinking about like, I'm writing about very personal parts of my life and it's going to get published and like anyone can read this? Yeah, I still feel nervous about it now. (laughs) Way to trigger (laughs) I just question. (laughs) Sorry. I think it's fine though, but like, you know, because you just have to do that. I, I'm I'm like I'm prepared for it, definitely prepared for it. I think the thing I'm most worried about is people uh after they've read it uh coming back at me and saying, Why are you making such a big deal out of this? I don't get it. I'm kind of expecting that kind of response, like the kind of response that you get sometimes if you tell someone you're asexual but about my book, like being like, I don't understand why you made a whole book about this. 
Yeah, and it's like, well, the book is called <laughs> How to Be Ace, but literally the rest of the universe is just how to be straight. So, like, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> so, it's all... It's it's implicit. You don't need a book because it's everywhere. <laughs> you can also just, like, tell them what you told us. Like, listen, someone asked me to publish this, so... Mind your business. It's just a I'm in. I'm in high demand. What do you want me to do about it? <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Be less wonderful and talented. No, sir. <laughs> sorry. Too busy. I'm write that down and use that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um. One of the things that I really liked about it is is you very openly kind of talk about how uh like mental health and sexuality have kind of interacted in in your life um and how it really emphasizes how much like allonormativity and amatonormativity can actively harm us (laughs) um is that something that like you just kind of included because it was you know a part of your own story or is that something that like you you wanted to emphasize specifically to you know hit on that topic yeah I think like a bit of both because I I think when it at at the time when it did affect my mental health it did have quite a big effect on it yeah so I think it's like from a personal point of view I wanted to write about it and then I wanted to highlight it from a bigger point of view so that people can understand how hard that is because I I don't really know anyone that hasn't gone through that either from any kind of like not just ace people but just queer people in general I don't know many people that haven't (laughs) gone through some kind of trauma with all of that it seems important yeah yeah I think it was just very kind of reassuring to read and know that like what I'm reading is a real person's story and they also went through it. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like something I hear from the ace community a lot, especially people who are like just learning about asexuality and questioning whether they're aspec is they are like, oh, I have this you know mental health issue I have this you know I'm diagnosed with you know this disorder, whatever, and they kind of ask, well, like does that make me not ace or like you know if I go on meds, will I stop being ace? Like all of that kind of stuff. So it was just very reassuring to kind of watch you through the memoir, go through that and come out on the other side. Like, no, like I am, like I figured out my identity and I'm like handling my mental health and everything. And I feel like it was just very, yeah, I don't know, just very like a joyful ending for that. Not that like, you know, it, you know, the mental health struggle ever ends for anyone, but yeah, I think it it's good to have that reassurance for some people because a lot of people must just force themselves. I don't know. I've heard all sorts of stuff from people. Like I've heard something from someone who'd said that their therapist encouraged them to get drunk. Oh, good. <laughs> to make them have sex with their partner. I can't think of anything like, were, like what kind of therapist gives that advice? That's awful. Oh I suggest you get drunk and then have sex where the consent is questionable because you're yeah. drunk yeah, and also so because shitty. I, your therapist, instructed you to do this. <laughs> that's no, like the really worst bad. thing I've ever heard. <laughs> oh dear. <Yeah. laughs> on, on the topic of shitty therapists, I guess, so part of the novel kind of shows you interacting with a therapist you had and not having like the most why did that the most delicious <laughs> delicious not having the most delicious interaction with your therapist I I a delicious therapist interaction sometimes a therapist interaction can be delicious and i feel Are like you we okay? all know that no. <laughs> a delicious therapist i very much do anyway you have like a not great therapist uh interaction so since that interaction have you had like better luck with therapists and like mental health professionals and do you have I guess like any advice as someone who's gone through it of like if you do have a very shitty therapist like the ones we're talking about like I don't know what to do I guess my mom's a therapist so I can't say that therapists are bad (laughs) (laughs) well not all therapists are bad obviously 
it's like for me it's really normal like for me going to a therapist is pretty uh, i know it's quite scary for a lot of people for me it's like a fairly go-to thing because i grew up in a household where it's really normal to do that's with good that. <laughs> that's yeah it's quite good uh that therapist was not good though i put too much trust in him he was a bit rubbish <laughs> <laughs> he sounded kind of like a dick but for anyone out there who has a therapist and they're not making you... I don't know, it's, it's, so the thing with therapies is that sometimes you're not going to feel good even if the therapist is good because depending on the problems, sometimes you're not really supposed to feel good at the beginning. Like, it's supposed to take a while. It's, and it's, <laughs> like, you have to work through stuff. Like, it's not like you're just, like, going to feel great suddenly yeah. as soon as you start seeing a therapist, but... But maybe uh, it's actually quite hard to advise it. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think maybe give it like a month worth of sessions, and if nothing, like if you're just if nothing's sitting right with you, then find someone else. Because there's a lot of different. I know this because my mum's a therapist as well. There's a lot of different techniques and ways that people get in- into it. So there are a lot of different types of therapy so when you go see one therapist that doesn't mean that they're gonna give you the same advice that another therapist will give and things like that there's a lot of different uh ways to go about it and also if you have mental health problems uh therapy might also not be the answer like you know sometimes therapy isn't the thing that works and sometimes it will be something else but it takes a while to (laughs) to find the right path yeah i mean i would just say like if you are out there and you're seeing a therapist who is not validating your sexuality or is like oh it'll 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 i'd probably cut that i I would probably (laughs) cut that therapist off maybe even before a month maybe right away if they're gonna be a whole dick about your sexuality yeah, but I, I think, think validating anything, even just a therapist that doesn't validate your feelings, is not a good therapist because that's what yeah. they're supposed to do. And I'm, even if they have their own personal opinions, they're not supposed to tell you their personal opinions or anything. <laughs> yeah. They're it's just like, supposed nah, to sit there and listen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, I feel like a lot of times, like, uh, people just aren't informed about asexuality and, like, they may not yeah. necessarily be, you know, trying to fuck you over i'm sure they're not they're a therapist but like (laughs) you know i think uh if if you have someone who's not informed on something and you want to tell them about it and be like hey here's maybe some stuff about it by all means sure but it is also not your responsibility to be like hey well actually let me tell you everything about this sexuality like you know they're they're a therapist and it's their responsibility to be familiar with these things that they could be dealing with with potential patients so yeah with all of my therapists i've brought it up to usually it comes up through like oh i do this podcast and this is what it's about and this is me and then they'll be like oh i've never heard of that and i'm like okay like i'm not I'm not going to sit here during my paid hour and tell you. And then, (laughs) like, my – the one therapist I had during school was, like, the most wonderful woman in the world. But, like, the next session, she was like, oh, I looked it up. And I was like, yes, Nicole. Yes, you did. (laughs) Yes. That's brilliant. I miss miss Nicole. it should be. Correct. You did your job right. And, like, I also think it's important to note that, like, even if you don't feel comfortable using labels yet, if you're just, like, I, you know, don't feel comfortable with sex or, like, I just, I, dating? Like, what? Like, if someone's, like, being a, being a dick about that or being, like, well, you know, it will change. Like, that's a big red flag for me. Yeah, definitely. That's very fair. You guys all gave way better advice than I did. <laughs> it's a conversation. We're all contributing. We're all giving <laughs> advice. No, that's really good advice. Genuinely good advice. <laughs> uh, I mean, the person that I saw, that it was literally, it was over 10 years ago now, so mm-hmm. uh, 
a slightly different time. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's very people true. People like since they kind of un- understand it a bit better. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Kayla, do you have another one? You wrote most of the questions that are actually good. I did. I'm trying to think. I don't have like a good segue for what I want to ask next. I mean, all I did was screenshot the part where it says, realizing that you're not who you thought you were is really hard. Realizing that you can't go back is really hard. I just screenshotted it, pasted it into the doc, and was like, I'm crying in the club. (laughs) That was my contribution. (laughs) 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 There were a lot of moments like that, though, where I was like crying in the club. But I also think, just to go back to talking, nice segue, just to go back to talking about the novel in general it i think did a really good job of both telling your story and then having little like insert pages that were just educational um or more just like hard facts about asexuality and like what it meant and things like that which i think just like going back to what i said earlier about how digestible it is i think it was just like a very easy way for someone to like learn definitions and learn the basics um with like nice pictures and everything so it's also like something you could give to a family member and be like here use this to learn about me yeah and fun I think for the whole family fun for the whole family and i think um i also appreciated how like i mean obviously this is a personal story about you but like those little inserts were like i remember one where it was like okay well some people are arrow ace and some people are this and like it kind of showed the many different ways to be a spec which i think is a super important thing to emphasize like i it it we need to do both like we need to emphasize that there are more like that there are many ways to be ace while also talking about like our own personal experiences um and i think if if that isn't emphasized in a lot of ace media it can be misleading and so i really appreciated that you were like hey hey i'm i'm not the i'm one. only one person <laughs> yeah i want to do that on purpose because i'm a bit like stereotypical what people think of <laughs> so i wanted like all the other stuff as well because it is all quite complicated and yeah there's all different types of people obviously yeah i i feel that way too because as a person who is arrow and ace and a person who i've made this joke multiple times on the podcast i'm not a very like emotionally open person but that's not because (laughs) of my sexuality like it's just because of that's the way i am (laughs) but i think i i do feel like i fulfill a lot of stereotypes and i can get kind of self-conscious about that and i'm like but what but hey wait (laughs) but there's other there's other ways to be (laughs) um speaking of romantic orientation segue um and this isn't one of the questions i wrote down so sorry if i'm just catching everyone off guard but so you obviously are not or i guess i don't know how you identify now but what it came off in the book is that you are not a romantic asexual um and that Mm -hmm. you had like romantic experiences with people of different genders and you like dated and everything did that make it I guess, more difficult to come to terms with asexuality because you were like, oh, well, I'm dating people, so I can't be asexual or anything like that. Did it, I guess, did it, like, play a part in your just, like, journey through asexuality? Yeah, it did for me, just in the sense that, um, I don't know. Yeah, I think for a while I thought I was aromantic in the sense that I just really didn't want to Although I had crushes on guys, I just didn't want to do anything with them. But when I met my girlfriend, it was just kind of different. I don't know. I just really like her. So. <laughs> <laughs> She's just great. Not, yeah, I was just much more wanting to do stuff with her than, than other people. I don't really know what that means. Um, but yeah, I think before then, it was... It was quite hard because I, d- I d- definitely didn't want to be alone. Uh, <laughs> but the, I got to a point in uni where I came to terms with being alone. Like I thought I might just be alone forever, and I was actually okay with that anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, I think that's that's a big part of like just the A spec experience is whether you're arrow or not. Um, like just kind of like accepting that like the that society's expectations of you 
of like how to live your best life get married and have some kids and a white picket fence like that (laughs) is you know that's not the only option and it's okay to go a different route but it is also okay to go that route if you want to you know nothing matters made made me a better person like coming to terms with that because it's made me more secure like when I did go into a relationship after going through that it just made me more secure because if anything ever happened I'm not like I know a lot of people who are in relationships where they're constantly like a lot of their problems come from worrying about if they're gonna wind up alone but I don't really worry about that because I kind of dealt with all of that years ago so I don't really mind (laughs) 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 yeah some people are serial monogamists but in such a way that I wasn't trying to call you out but okay um (laughs) (laughs) but you're but but you're not a serial monogamist in the way that you're like Okay, you try not to be a serial monogamist in the way that no. What I'm wow. saying is, this is a roast. You, you know the you know the value of platonic relationships, and you know that romantic relationships are not required. To yeah, have I don't a just fulfilling life. You yeah. you try to believe that sometimes you fail. Stop. Everyone go go through it at some point. Like it's pretty normal, you know. Yeah. yeah, I'm definitely, I hope I'm not coming across as like, oh, people that are in, in relationships are really needy, because I definitely don't think that either, because it's like mm-hmm. really normal to want to be <laughs> in a relationship, you know, like that. that's just part of like most people's lives. So. Yeah, like Everything people, good. <laughs> yeah, and good. like even, even if you don't want like a romantic or sexual relationship, like people want people like companionship we're we're a pack animal you know (laughs) so it's just like you know everyone's different and it's all fine (laughs) i think it kind of ties in well um last week we talked about like being confident in your sexuality and we kind of talked about just like coming to terms with the fact that like things might change and i think that ties in really well like you sitting comfortably with the fact that like okay, something might happen with my relationship and if that happened, it would be fine and not spending your time worrying about like, oh my God, like what if something happens and then I'm alone? Like you seem like you've kind of come to a point where you're like, okay, I've been through that struggle. Like I know it'll be fine if something changed. Yeah. Yeah, I've definitely got to that point. I'm just, I'm glad I did it early. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. Yeah, would recommend doing it early if you can. <laughs> yeah. If you can't, though, you're if you fine. Can't, it's okay. Yeah, well, there'll it's be people okay. around to help you. You know, whatever time, whatever time you go for it. There is no <laughs> correct timeline. Time is a flat circle. It's a human construct. Okay. okay. Here in October of 2020, time means nothing. <laughs> time is nothing. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> You you mentioned a little bit about uh, sex education in the book and how uh, your school sex ed kind of sucked. Um, what what was your personal experience with sex ed in school? Rubbish. It was exactly like it was in the comic. I know it's a very British thing, isn't it? Rubbish. It's just rubbish. <laughs> It, it was like I don't know what it's like in America. Bad. I'm, it's I'm also bad. It's, it's also rubbish. Great here. America. Yeah. It, they just don't. I mean, in my school, they didn't even bother. It was like two classes, and everyone was laughing too much. So I think they just kind of gave up. But it's not. It's not good. And they they've been trying to do things in England, like you know, try and teach kids about porn because. Compared to when I was a kid, like kids watch porn now just because it's accessible. Which is and wild they're to me. Being like, oh, you can't, like, you can't teach that. They're too young for that. But it's like they're watching it anyway, so you should probably, you know, have a class about it so that yeah. so that they can learn about this stuff. You might as well make sure that they're informed and like understand. Yeah. I mean, not like you're gonna be able to explain to like a twelve year old the full 
uh, exploitative context of a lot of pornography and the state of women and, you know, that you're not necessarily going to get into that with a 12 year old. (laughs) But it's very giving some context is good. I it's wild for me personally to think that like teenagers are having sex because when I was a teenager I didn't even know that people in my school were like drinking and having parties because that's um I was not cool so I like didn't even <laughs> realize like I remember this girl in like eighth grade talking about blowjobs and I was like there's no way she's doing stuff eighth like that people grade? might yes <laughs> she could have been no. lying to be like quote unquote cool because I guess that's what makes you cool but anyway, like, apparently, the kids are having sex, so you might as well teach them how to do it correctly and consensually and safely. Because, yeah, the argument, like you said, the argument of, like, oh, if you teach them, then they'll start doing it. Like, they're gonna do it anyway. Exactly, they'll do it anyway. They're nasty. And, like, you, you could have taught me about it, and I still wouldn't have done it. So, yeah. like, <laughs> it goes both ways. <laughs> Do you think if your sex ed in your school had been more comprehensive of just, like, sexualities and gender, do you think it would have made any difference in, like, how quickly or, like, how long it took you to, like, realize your sexuality? Yeah, probably. I think it probably would have. If they talk about age sexuality back then, then, you know, it would have at least given me, like, a name to look up on Google or something. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't even know that it was a thing until I was like 20, so, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they could have, it, it would have been helpful, I think, just a little bit. Even <laughs> if they just basics. <laughs> in, the, in the graphic novel memoir, I don't know how to refer to this thing, the thing that you created. <laughs> the very good um, thing you created that we read. <laughs> um. So you mentioned just kind of like, coming across the word on the internet do you like remember like how that happened for you it's always an interesting question i like to i i find can't, interesting to hear ace people's reactions <laughs> i can't remember Fair enough. i genuinely can't remember i just remember reading about it. i like i remember like being like oh wow when i read about it but i can't remember how i found out i might have been Googling what's wrong with me or something like that. Anyway. <laughs> and then just be like, what is this? This seems interesting. Hello. Hello. Have you met, um, obviously your girlfriend, your partner is Ace as well, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, which is dope. Because I feel like Ace people don't often like, I, know, I feel like a lot of the Ace relationships I know of, they meet over the internet and then it's like very long distance relationships. So, yeah, I got lucky, I think. Yeah, it's just, like, cool that you, like, th- your partner is, like, there. Do you, have you met any other, like, ace people just, like, out in the wild? I have, yeah, quite a lot. Uh, maybe because I'm open about it, so... It's fair. I've also met people who were asexual at one point, and then they've kind of, like, changed their mi- mind over time. Which is good and valid. And you can do this. this is another thing. It's another thing we talked about last week. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's why I say they were asexual. It's not. It's not like they weren't asexual. You know, that's yeah. that's the thing. Yeah, they yeah, they were just... asexual at that point in time, and then they changed. Um, yeah, I've, yeah, I've met quite a lot of ace people actually. That's good. <laughs> I think it's, yeah, I don't know why, but I'm just you lucky. just attract them. They flock. <laughs> you give off ace energy, and they just come in. Yeah. It might just be the open thing, like if you're open about it, then maybe people feel more comfortable saying to you as opposed mm-hmm. to anyone else. I don't know. Have yeah. you um dealt with asexuality in any of the other work you've done, like any of the other webcomics or anything, or is this kind of the first time you really dove into it? Yeah, I haven't really done it uh in such a open way. I did kind of like swear when I was like 19 and first doing comics to never do any romance comics but that didn't last but I did a romance <laughs> comic just uh, earlier this year but it was <laughs> an asexual romance comic so that's fine. good that's acceptable yeah but I'll, pro- I'll probably always have ace characters as a because po- I don't really know how to do anything else 
I feel like I might get it wrong if I do something else, so I won't I try. feel like I feel like all the Ace creators I know, myself included, are just like, well, of course I'm going to include a spec character. Like, why, why would yeah. I exclude myself <laughs> from this? That's only like, because every time Sarah writes, the char- her main character starts off as herself and then slowly through the writing and process I, and then I becomes someone it. else. <laughs> like, Sarah and oh I God. wrote a musical together and it was about asexuality. Um, oh, and the main wow. character, like, was Sarah. I mean, that was the point, kind of. But, like, <laughs> the main character, like, was Sarah. Did you do the music? Our friend, Aaron, who has actually been on our podcast, did the music for it, which was very wow, cool. That's really cool. Yeah. We actually oh, got an email from someone about it the other day. They were like, I watched it. Who decided on the costumes? And I was like, that was me. And our <laughs> friend, Parker. Can I find it? Oh, there's a vi- the only. Uh, it's a tragic story. The rec- the official recording of it got lost, but there's a very oh. shitty Facebook live recording. Uh, if you go to the Facebook Facebook page called "Not Even Really Drama Students Nerds," there is somewhere deep in the depths of that page a very shitty Facebook live recording, and that is unfortunately <laughs> oh, the only it. way to watch it. Oh, I'm totally gonna watch it. Oh, that's brilliant! I'm very excited. Ginger is being really loud. Walking. Can I? What if you go back outside? (laughs) I guess this is a very broad question. That's probably impossible to answer because I don't know what I would say to someone if they asked me. So I guess what a great way to preface a question. (laughs) Sorry. Um, but. Was there, I guess, like a specific moment or something that happened in your life that kind of made you, I guess, finally be like okay with asexuality or like okay with just like how you are? Or was it kind of just like, I mean, obviously it was a long process, like we could see that through the graphic novel, but I'm just wondering if there was like anything specific that happened in your life where you're like, okay, like it's time to like accept that this is how it is uh not really i don't know yeah it, i'd say it was a gentle process gentle. i think i did a lot of thinking yeah i don't know i think i drew this in the comic i can't remember but i did i had an epiphany in a shower that just that is think, that is in the comic oh, it is <laughs> okay yeah i thought i can't, can't remember if i did that or not but that's what happened in real life because i'm the kind of person that just obsessively thinks about stuff until I solve the problem. <laughs> Which is what I Fair did. <laughs> yeah. I feel like not a lot of people have that like epiphany eureka moment necessarily. And like I think people think they're supposed to have that and that yeah. other people have that, but I think in reality no one does. It's the thing yeah, of like I, think it's I forget what it's called, but there's some like term for when you think everyone else is doing something like if you interview undergrad students at college and ask them like how often their classmates drink it's way higher than their classmates actually are drinking and so they Mm -hmm. in turn feel the need to drink more because they think other people none of this made sense but i just think like i feel like from what i've heard of ace people or people of any sexuality they seem to think like they're supposed to just like automatically be like chill with everything and that everyone else is automatically chill with it but in reality like no one is no one is chill yeah Yeah. people will be like when did you figure out you were ace or arrow ace and i'm like i don't don't know i can give you like a six month span maybe (laughs) like a year a year span and it's like sometimes you just have uh, stuff years later that will happen that will kind of like make you question it, you know. And once and then you know, you'll go back again. <laughs> yeah, like like once once you know and you look back, like your your view of yourself changes because you have a, a different understanding now, and that can also kind of color the way that you yeah. think about it. Cool. Yeah, stuff changes quite like the brain changes quite a lot as well. So. Mm. <laughs> the dang brain. Yeah, <laughs> probably just more go back and forth between thinking they're one thing and then thinking they're another thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Kayla, do you have any other things you want to ask about? I can't think of anything. Is there anything we didn't cover that you want to talk about, Bex? 
I don't think so. You asked some really good questions. Oh, good. I'm glad. <laughs> I'm not really thinking of stuff to say, so I'm, I'm glad you had these great questions. <laughs> Excellent. Well, Bex, can you uh, tell the kids at home where they can acquire this, this lovely, lovely graphic memoir? And when? And how? It It's coming out on October 21st. Um, and you can get it any anywhere. Uh, so I will say, you like, if you don't have the money, you can get it on Amazon, you know, if you want, like, cheap postage. But Amazon don't pay taxes, so <laughs> and they treat their workers badly, so if you can get it at a local Classic Chef Beesbos. Get it from there. <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying to buy less stuff from Amazon because I'm like, It's so hard, bitch. though. It's so hard not to. Well, it's like, if you don't have money, then, like, you you know, it makes sense to get stuff from Amazon, because, yeah. like, I totally understand. If you're you gotta broke, do what you gotta then, do. Yeah, like, it is cheaper there, so I totally get it. But if you can afford to get it somewhere else, then get it somewhere else, you know. It's not <laughs> your fault you live in a capitalist system. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, when, October 21st, I will try to find some good links to put in the description of this episode where people can find more information on where to get it. Yes. Oh, thank you. Um, and what is your social media so that they can find you on the interwebs? Uh, my social media is Theora, like most places. So that's T-H-E-O-R-A-H. I'm having to spell this out. Like write it down as I'd say it. Because <laughs> I, can't spell, I can't do spelling bee kind of stuff. Spelling is hard. Yeah, and then if you just like type that in anywhere, I'll come up. Like on. I will also. Media. I'll put your hand. I'll type out the handles in our description as well, so people can find it there. Just give it a oh. little clicky click. Just you click know. on her. Click. <laughs> All right. Um. Uh, Kayla, what's our poll for this week? Oh man. Such a Is good question. Is this no. graphic memoir the best thing you've ever read? Yes or yes. Doing, we can't keep doing <laughs> polls like that every time we have someone on that creates something. I like doing polls like that. Stop something really random like uh I don't know. Like, do you have the toilet roll, like, <laughs> going downwards or going backwards? That's what this it is should also be. Very, let's make them both. Let's do both. We'll do okay. both. There, there needs to be a third option for I don't pay attention and it just is the way it is for the toilet paper. Okay. Because that is what do. Okay. A third option for I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Okay. Um... Uh, Kayla, what's your beef and your juice this week? Oh boy, my beef is we finished the great pottery throwdown. We flew oh. through. Oh my god, it's so. Me and my parents watched all three seasons in like a week and a half, but now we have oh. like no good British TV to watch because Great British Baking Show is only coming out once a week. And it's like, what the fuck am I supposed to do with that? I know someone who was on the pottery uh, for Do you really? Who? A comic artist, yeah. <gasps> the girl uh, from the third uh, season? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> She's a really you... good comic artist oh as God, well. Stop! A celebrity! Kayla's fangirling. I'm fangirling. I just watched <laughs> that show. That's very exciting. Yeah, that's like, I guess that's my beef, other than like just the general moving stress, but you know. Um, my juice in West Philadelphia, born and <laughs> my juice is, um, gosh, is, my juice uh, is Will Smith. I was, I was going to make a joke about, um, b- like being on the playground for the rest of your days being your juice. That would be a juice. I would love to be on the playground for the rest of my days. Um, My juice is um, Culver's ice cream, the Midwestern. I guess that's another beef is that when I move to the South, I don't think they have Culver's, but it is. We, But Dean is very excited to go to the original Popeye's, so that's another beef, I guess. 
Um, my <laughs> other juice is that my cat has been extra cuddly lately. I think it's because it's getting colder and she's cold, but it's fun. Those are my <laughs> beefs and juices. Okay. Chaotic. My, my juice is cupcakes. My beef is... <laughs> um, I need to call my insurance company and also, Kayla, if I don't do that today, you reserve the right to bully me. Wait, I just thought of another terrible beef. Can I share? What? Yeah, go for it. I went to the dentist, which I've now decided I will never do again because I've had this <laughs> tooth that's really been hurting me. And I have to get a crown on it, which costs 800 American fucking dollars for a single tooth. What? I prefer it. For a it's crown. Like a, it's a crown. It's like a special filling that goes like over the top of the. T- I don't really know what it is, but it's like. An extra Maybe we fancy get all of that for like twenty five pounds. <laughs> I need to move away from America. For Imagine one t- having socialized health insurance. <laughs> for me to fix one tooth in my really, mouth, which lucky. has yeah. been bothering me for like almost a year, but it's going to cost me eight hundred dollars, and I am three days away from being unemployed. So. <laughs> oh my! Anyone wants to Venmo me? <laughs> I'm kidding. Don't. But anyway. Oh, God. <laughs> Bex is shook by the American healthcare system. Hey, Amber, that's insane. It's it hell. I could never afford that. That's like how much I make in a month sometimes, you know? I know. Well, the reason I have to call my insurance company is because I got a referral to finally just go see a psychiatrist out here in California. And the way my insurance works is... The psychiatry wing is in a different wing of the insurance, so I have to call them to make sure that they got the referral so that I can. And I only know my this. My beef is the American healthcare right. system. <laughs> and I only know this because I asked my sister what this fucking letter meant <laughs> because oh my, my, sis- my sister, like, knows a lot about insurance. Um, and I was like, this, I don't know what this letter means. Please tell me. And it took her several attempts to even understand it. <laughs> What do you do if you have like me- uh, like learning difficulties or you know mental health? You're things? fucked. You do be fucked. Jesus basically. <sighs> I hate America. Um. Yeah, that's my beef. My juice. Bex, what is your beef and your juice? Um. Do you want long or short answer? Whatever you feel. Up. I mean, obviously, we've gone on for several minutes, so up to you. Well, I'll tell you my beef. This is something that's very UK comic centric, but it's happened <laughs> over the last couple of days. We have a really rubbish comic convention that uh, assigns a comic laureate every few years. So that's like someone. What a title. Yeah, it's like a British thing. You get the you get like poet poet laureates and writer laureates, and they kind of like represent the creative community, and. They've decided to go with a shop owner, so not an artist. You to go around schools and talk to kids about BAME comic artists. So instead of actually getting a BAME comic artist to be the comic laureate... So he doesn't even make comics? No, he doesn't make comics. He's a white guy who wants to go around and and talk to kids about, like, oh, look at all the comics that minorities make. Why didn't they just, uh, like, pick out one of the Uh... hundreds of minority comic artists that are doing amazing work? Why didn't they choose one of them? That's that's straight This man profits off of the Incredible work of minority comics. We're gonna give him an award. Exactly. It doesn't make any sense. What's his name? I'd like to call him. <laughs> what a dick. And we're we're all really annoyed about it, but no one no one can talk about it. I could talk about it on here, but, <laughs> but a lot of people can't talk about it because they're worried they'll lose out on comic jobs or be you know like deplatformed from the convention. But it's shitty. It's really bad. Kayla is gonna leave a horrible Yelp review for this. I'm guy. gonna find <laughs> his store and leave a tear. I have, in the past, left felt fake Yelp reviews at places that racially profiled a friend of mine. 
<laughs> well, it was a misunderstanding. The store did. There's a lady that lived above the store and she was being really racist, but they couldn't tell if she worked at the store or lived like in the apartments. So for a while, we thought it was the store. So we all left really bad reviews for this store. Yeah. And then we were finally able to get into contact with them and it was the lady that lived above them. So we removed, don't worry, we removed <laughs> all of the Yelp. It was fine. We got it worked out. Anyway. Yeah, can you do that? If, anyone, is, like, if yep. anyone needs me to leave a bad Yelp review, I will. <laughs> For a small fee of 800 US dollars. Oh man, do you have juice? Did you say juice? Oh yeah. Oh, uh, I'll save my cat. I'm stealing yours. My my cat's really cute and fluffy, and I love him. I love, love a cat. cat. Yeah. Truly. Excellent. All right. Well, you can find our poll. Tell us about your beef, your juice. Tell us about your fluffy cat on our social media at SoundsFakePod. We also have a Patreon, which I will do later because it takes a long time. Guys, it's later. How exciting patreon.com slash sounds pod is our patreon uh we have a new two dollar patron it's sarah um not me but i assume that you're also much like me very cool um and kayla's not here to dispute that so <laughs> our five dollar patrons are jennifer smart street the minnacota austin lay perry fiero d quinn pollock emily collins book marvel changing a max derrick and carissa simona simon jamie jack jessica shea ria faustino Daniel Walker, Livy, Madeline Askew, Lily, James, Corinne, Alice's in Space, Sky Simpson, Brooke Siegel, Ashley W. Where is my voice going? <clears throat> Savannah Cozart, Harry Haston Dugan, Soup, Amanda Kiker, Vishak, Jacob Weber, Rory, Amberly, Estar, Rachel, Kate Costello, John, and Ariel Laxo. Our $10 patrons are Tessa, Arknas, who would like to promote the Trevor Project, Benjamin Abar, who would like to promote Tabletop Games, Anonymous, who would like to promote Spooky Halloween, Sarah McCoy, who would like to promote podcasts from a planet weird, my Aunt Jeannie, who would like to promote Christopher's Haven, Cassandra, who would like to promote their modeling Instagram at Little Red, Doug Rice, who would like to promote Native by Caitlin Curtis, Maggie Capabo, who would like to promote her dogs Leia, Minnie, and Max, H. Valdez, Purple Chickadee, who would like to promote their vlog, ishlibefugel.wordpress.com, blog, not vlog, I can't speak, Barefoot Backpacker, who this week would like to promote getting a good night's sleep, dude, you're so right, Barefoot Backpacker, um, Ashlyn Bodecker, who is at Shlimbo Everywhere, The Steve, who'd like to promote Ecosia, and Ari K, who would like to promote the YouTuber Bad Empanada. Our $15 patrons are Nathaniel White, Nathaniel J. White Designs.com, my mom Julie, who would like to promote free mom hugs, Sarah Jones, who is at Eternal Lolly Everywhere, Dia Chappelle, who would like to promote the Underrealm series by Garrett Robinson, Andy A, who would like to promote being in unions in the IWW, Martin Giselle, who would like to promote mental health, and Dragonfly, who would like to promote making BTS jokes at the beginning of the podcast that Kayla is forced to listen to now that I've taken over her thing. <laughs> before we go bex i know you already asked you for your like social media and stuff is there anything you want to just promote it can be a thing it can be the concept of kindness it doesn't matter <laughs> uh yeah i'll promote uh free healthcare for everyone <laughs> I, such a good I love thing that promotion. Take it from a British person. We we haven't become communists. It's really good, and everyone loves it. <laughs> like literally everyone. It's not just a lefty thing. Like everyone and like no one will touch it. Left, right, leaning, whatever. We fucking love our free healthcare. America, go for it. I need to marry a British person immediately and move away. <laughs> wonderful all right well thanks for listening thank you so much bex for joining us everyone get this graphic memoir october 21st um and tune in next sunday for more rest in your ears until then take good care of your cows